It is 6 p.m. Let us please come to order for the joint meeting of the MISD Board of Trustees and Mansfield City Council. Let the record show that all trustees are present. I believe it's a pretty large table tonight. And um, with that, I'll let Mayor speak on y'all's behalf and open up. Thank you, Madam President, and also good evening to everyone. It is, uh, yes, it is 6 p.m., and in regard to the city, we also will call our meeting to order at 6 p.m. as well on this day, May 7th, 2023. Okay, so at this point, we will move to item 3.1, and we will adjourn to closed session pursuant to Texas Government Code Section 551.074 personnel to deliberate regarding the appointment, employment, evaluation, reassignment, duties, discipline, or dismissal of a public officer or employee, or to hear a complaint or charge against an officer or employee, 551.071. Consultation with the board's attorney, 551.072 real property, and 551.076 to conduct deliberations regarding security devices or security audits. Also, 3.2, pursuant to section 551.087, deliberation regarding commercial or financial information received from or the offer of a financial or other incentive made to a business prospect seeking to locate, stay, or expand in or near the territory of the city and with which the city is conducting economic development negotiations. We will now adjourn to closed session at 6.01 and we will reconvene in closed session in a about five minutes. Thank you. And on behalf of the city of Mansfield, some of this is going to sound quite familiar. Uh, pursuant to uh, section 551.071, we too will recess into executive session. Uh, Texas Government Code, the council reserves the right to convene into executive sessions from time to time as deemed necessary during this meeting for any posted agenda item to receive advice from its attorney as permitted by law to discuss follow. A, discussion regarding possible purchase, exchange, lease, or value of real property pursuant to Section 551.072, Geyer Field. B, deliberation regarding commercial or financial information received from or the offer of a financial or other incentive made to a business prospect seeking to locate, stay, or expand in or near the territory of the city and with which the city is conducting economic development negotiations pursuant to Section 551.087, and that will be Economic Development Project Number 23-02, and we, too, will now also recess at 6.03 p.m. All right, I don't have a gavel. That's it. Break. Break. Break the huddle. We will now reconvene from closed session at 722. Um, let the record show that uh, Trustee Craig Chipping had to uh, leave, dismiss himself at 7.04 p.m. And uh, so now we will <coughs> move on with our public session. Thank you, ma'am. And also we will reconvene as well at um, 722. And uh, Madam President, Again, we uh, thank you all so very much for uh, receiving us uh, here with the uh, City City Council. It is important always, I believe, for us to communicate uh, to our community that uh, we work together, that we are all partners in uh, making sure that this is the best place to live, learn, play, and also to work. So uh, thank you all so very much for receiving us, and I believe that um, the other members of the Council, they will concur. Yes, sir. So at this time, I'll ask that everyone uh, please rise as I have uh, Councilwoman <coughs> Julie Short will lead us in a prayer, and then our pledges will be led by Trustee Warren Davis. Thank you. If you'll bow your heads with me. Oh, Lord, our God, you are the king of the universe, and we come to you tonight and ask you for wisdom and guidance as we seek to make the best decisions for our community. God, we pray that we honor you in all that we do, that we seek your wisdom and not our own. Thank you, Lord, for revealing your will in every situation and for bringing all things to light. 
Lord, we pray that our motives and intentions stay pure and that we're not self-seeking or come with any agenda other than the desire to be the very best to, for our neighborhood, for our community, to have all that you want us to have for this community, for our students, our teachers, our leadership, now and into the future. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will give us the right words to say that foster peaceful resolutions and words that encourage and bring life to those who feel hopeless and forgotten. We ask all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We'll now move to item six, our public comments. Uh, we'll start with the uh, school districts first, since we do do ours slightly different. And um, I will read the statement for that to give instruction on how to uh, proceed with addressing the board. So the cor correct procedure for addressing the board during public comments is as follows. Each speaker should address the board from the podium, microphone, and state his or her name before speaking. All speakers will be limited to three minutes to make comments regarding items on the agenda unless modified by the board president based on board policy BED local. Copies of presentation should be made available to all trustees and the superintendent. Board policy prohibits the discussion of complaints against district employees during an open forum. I have uh, one public comment as of right now. Ms. Moyer, are there any more? Okay. So our first uh, speaker is Sal Carrillo. Carrillo, I can't roll my R's. <laughs> I'm a speech impediment kind of person. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. Thank you. Um, I'll keep it short. Um, I'm just going to read two quotes from uh, stakeholders from um, elementary school, uh, D.P. Morris Elementary. Um, the focus this year must be on the white students. Uh, let me repeat that. The focus this year must be on the white students. Let me tell you the other quote from the other stakeholder. Teachers shouldn't cry at work every day. Teachers shouldn't have mental breakdowns over stress and anxiety caused by these women. We deserve at minimum an apology for the emotional trauma endured in service of our kids. We are seeking support in transitioning D.P. Morris from a divisive, toxic work environment to a campus conducive to learning and growth for all students and staff. And I say these so uh, people can pay attention to what's happening, parents and school board members, uh, to not ignore what is happening, because uh, it's my understanding that if something is not done or taken care of, that that there's a potential mass exodus of very qualified individuals and stakeholders. Uh, that's pretty much it. Thank you. Thank you, Mayor Evans. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're at item seven, citizens' comments. Those citizens wishing to address the council on non-public hearing agenda items and items not on the agenda, you may do so at this time. Due to the regulations of the Texas Open Meetings Act, please do not expect a response from the council as we are not able to do so. This will be your only opportunity to speak, and all comments are limited to five minutes. In order to be recognized during uh, citizens' comments, please complete a card. Uh, please present the card to the city secretary uh, prior to the start of the meeting. And Madam President and council, I have X amount of number of cards. I will call them. And I will just ask individuals to come state your name and your address. Uh, Jessica Gray. Hi, my name is Jessica Gray. I live at 1310 Waterwood Drive in the Arbors of Creekwood. 
Tonight, you're going to hear from a couple of us um, that are going to read um, from a couple of different books that are in our libraries. Um, I was not expecting to speak first, so some of this is going to be a little out of context, so please bear with me. Um, good evening. Mansfield is my hometown, okay? I'm a product of MISD, and my husband and I chose to raise our children in my hometown because of the school district. We have a seven-year-old in the first grade, and we have a 17-month-old that will be starting kindergarten in literally the blink of an eye, and they are the reason why I'm here today. No healthy parent wants to, talk, wants to think about their child viewing uh, pornography, but it often happens. Some researchers often state that the average age of exposure to pornography is down as young as eight years old. Before the days of the internet, children were typically between the ages of 11 to 13 when they could begin, when they started beginning viewing soft, soft core pornography found in magazines. Today's child lives in a culture where hardcore pornography abounds, or, hardcore pornography abounds. Our children are being seduced daily, and we need to bear this fact in mind whenever we have the occasion and opportunity to redirect them away from porn. One recent study found that 47% of school-aged children receive porn spam on a daily basis. Parents that allow their children to have phone can ha parents that allow their ch children to have phones can monitor and put apps on their children's phones that restrict these types of access. With these books in our MISD library, it's different. Number one, our parents don't know that the books are in the library. Our district is simply not transparent with making parents aware that these books can be accessed by their child. And number two, our parents don't have the option to rest restrict their child from accessing these books. How would a parent even imagine that their child would have the opportunity to access porn on their own school, in their own school? I know I wouldn't. Pornographic content can harm our children. Exposure to pornography at a young age may lead to poor mental health, sexism, objectification, sexual violence, and other negative outcomes. Among other risks, when children view or read pornography that portrays abusive and misogynistic acts, they may come to view such behavior as normal and acceptable. According to the latest statistics, even from the CDC, there were about 13 million new STD infections in young people between the ages of 15 to 24 just within the last year. Newspapers cannot even print this material that you're going to hear today. You would be arrested probably even if you tried to hand it out to a child on the streets. So why is this in our children's libraries in our school? This is an urgent matter. We need the leaders in our city and our school board's immediate attention. I'm not asking for book banning. I'm not asking for book burning. I'm asking for book boundaries. Simply, I'm asking that porn not be available to our children at our school library here at MISD. I'm not understanding what's so complicated. If a parent can prove undoubtedly by showing exact experts from a book that a library book is pornographic, there needs to be a local scoreboard policy that does not tie the hand of the school district administrators. Pornographic books detailing the inappropriate items that have been mentioned to, or that will be mentioned tonight should not sit in the library on the library shelves until a review of a committee can get around to reading them. Not only is this a lengthy process and potentially corrupting the minds of the children in the meantime, but due to the lack of policy and structure that was in this committee, it turns out to be a complete waste of time. Our community has done all of the hard work for you, and with complete due respect, we made you aware of these books in 2021. And here tonight, we are again. I remember being a part of conversations with Mayor Evans during the last school board election at the Mansfield Subcourthouse, and I very clearly remember him saying that one thing we can all agree on is the fact that these books should not be in our schools. Mayor Evans, if you still feel that way, at some point, please tell me, what have you done to protect our children in our community? What changes have you made? Dr. Cantu, I've seen emails that have been sent to you that specifically laid out the details of these books. All those emails were sent to you in 2021. Can you tell me at this point, what have you done to protect our children and to protect our community and make a change? What have, have you looked into it at all? Um, I'm not trying to point fingers. I truly am not. 
I am merely, though, trying to point out the fact that we have so many leaders in our community that are fully aware of this and nothing has been done. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, ma'am. Sure. All right, Mr. Clinton Huckabee. Please state your name and your address, sir. You have five minutes. I'm Quentin Huckabee. I live at 5009 Wareham Drive. I know that none of you sitting here before me today even think allowing access to this book and others like it is okay. When I become aware of this book and other books in the MISD policy, sees how books still allow are being allowed in our libraries. After following the challenge process in the NF location local policy, it states that the major creation for the final decision on challenging resources is the appropriateness for this resource for its intended educational use. The policy goes on to say, principal and designated shall appoint a reconsideration committee. The recreation committee shall include at least one member of the instructional staff who has experience using the challenge resources with students or familiar with the challenge resource content. I assume this is the librarian. Although it, doesn't, it does not clearly state that the information on the policy, other members on the committee may include direct level staff, library staff, secondary level students, parents, and other appointed individuals. This is very, very, this is, a vo- this is very vocal language. It does not specify how those members choose or how many people are on the committee. I see no information that a school board trustee who are limited, are limited access for this curriculum and the ultimate authority determining the approval circumstances of the program and the program and the committee. For, for reading other policies and from the experience with MISD committee school board trustees, allows the representation on the committee's groups. Why, why are they not? Why are they not getting to have representation to the, this committee? Why, because of vulgarous of the guidelines, the policy is a joke, and leaves the door open leaves the door open, wide open, allowing just about any books to stay in the library. A policy should give very clear black and white direction and not leave anything open for interpretation. I want to remind each of you that this policy also states that the ultimate authority determines and approving the curriculum and instruction program of the district lies with you, the school board trustees. That part of the policy is clear that seven of you, the people whom the community use their voices and votes, not administration, not someone made up committee in which the school board and trustees have no representation on. This is each of you. I would encourage you all to revisit the policy immediately. In this mean, in the meantime, I would encourage you all to be transparent with parents. I would encourage the board, President Lackey, to draft an email and text message out to the parents stating that this matter has been brought to the school boards and that you also, as a school board, are looking at the current policies. In, this mean, in the meanwhile, parents have the option to notify their school board librarian that if they wish to opt their students out of the material they consider sexual explicitity or harmful to the, their student minds. When reviewing the policy, I would suggest to you as a board that you are clearly 
included with included what the MISD definition previously vulgar means, as well as what the clear definition of educational substance means. Because it appears that the definition may be the challenge committee and the material in which the MISD SEL curriculum department is. Thank you, Mr. Hopkins. Sorry, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Mr. Uh, Marty Melton, <clears throat> please. Please state your name and your address. Hi, my name is Marty Melton. I live at 3206 Abbey Road. <clears throat> I'd like to thank the uh, city council men and women and all of our school board members for all the long and long hours and hard work they put in to make our city great. My wife and I moved here to Mansfield 22 years ago and long before our first child was even born. We chose to live in Mansfield, not because of the two restaurants and two grocery stores that we had at the time, um, but we chose Mansfield and, uh, because we knew we were going to be starting a family and we wanted to raise our children here, here because of the strength of our school district and the education we knew they would receive. I think most families that have moved here over the last 20 years would say the same. Uh, and that's why I wanted to take a few minutes tonight to make the city council aware of just one issue that has been allowed to permeate our district, an issue that I believe if we don't address could prevent our city from attracting young families moving here like the thousands of us that have done so in the past. Uh, I was made aware a couple of months ago that one of our own school board members had identified two books at Mansfield High School that were deemed to be extremely inappropriate for our high school students. I have a student at Mansfield High as well, so I watched the process closely as that board member went through the appropriate channels as a parent to protest these books. A committee was formed to review the books. After a month and a half, they finally issued their findings. The committee decided that the relief the board member sought regarding the two books was not granted based on the following. The, and here's exactly what, the, what their uh, um, uh, ruling said. The book was selected in accordance with MISD library selection guidelines. The book is not pervasively vulgar. And the book is educationally suitable. <clears throat> Let me take a minute of your time to read a few snippets of what MISD believes is educationally suitable and not pervasively vulgar. He reached his hand down and pulled out my dick. He quickly went, it, went to giving me head. I just sat back and enjoyed it, as I could tell he was too. He was also defi definitely experienced in what he was, was doing, because he went to work and quite, <laughs> and quite confidently, I began in, uh, he asked me if I wanted to try on him. I said, sure. I began, and he said, watch your teeth. I didn't want to let him know I was inexperienced. We both got up and went into his bedroom, where we got completely naked. For the first few minutes, we dry-humped and grinded. I was behind him, with my stomach on his back as we kissed. I remember the condom was blue and flavored like cotton candy. I put some lube on it and got it got up on his knees, and I began to slide into him from behind. I tried not to force it because I imagined that it would be painful. I didn't want this moment to be painful, so I eased in slowly, and I heard him moan. You know, I had a lot more to read of, of this book tonight. <clears throat> and I am 51 years old, and I cannot fathom that a book like this is in Mansfield High School that my 14-year-old can check out and read. And I can't believe that we have a policy that when, even when you go through the proper uh, way to protest a book would allow this book to remain in our schools. And I'm sorry that I got emotional here, but it just sickens me that we are <coughs> allowing our kids to be <clears throat> 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 
It sickens me that we're allowing our kids and young children to be exposed to this kind of vulgarity. And if you don't think this is pervasively vulgar, then you've got a problem. I'll tell you that much. Because I know that for my 14-year-old, he has no business reading this. I thank you for your time, and I do appreciate all the hard work you guys do. Thank you, sir. Myra Miller. Myra Miller, um, 8110 Saddle Oak. Good evening. You may may be asking yourself why these parents tonight are addressing both city council and school board in regards to books that are in the MISD library. We're here tonight because we know the reason we moved to Mansfield was not because of the great amenities that the city of Mansfield had to offer. We knew we were going to be moving here and paying higher taxes when we were willing to do that because of one thing. One thing that one thing is because of the stellar reputation that MISC has of being a great district that offers a great education for our children. If Mansfield ISD is not a strong school district, then, M- then Mansfield is not a strong city. I currently sit on the SHAC, which is the School Health Advisory Council. We are a group appointed by the district to serve the district level. Members of SHAC come from different areas of the community. SHAC assists the district in ensuring that local community values are reflected in health, education instruction. SHAC plays an important part in the role of strengthening the connections between health and learning that can help parents, community stakeholders reinforce the knowledge and skills that we need to stay healthy and for our lifetime. Per MISD social emotional learning and SHAC lessons, children or wit- that witness family violence may also be at greater risk of being uh, violent in their future relationships. According to SEL SHAC, Uh, When a member of a household is physically harmed or emotionally abused, another member of a household should be reported. Family violence exposure can lead to difficulties in school, drugs, alcohol, misuse, aggressive behavior, depression, anxiety, self-low esteem, and increase in um, tendency to engage in criminal behaviors as adults. I think we all can agree here. No one wants our children to be exposed to this type of abuse. Not, not, Not anyone wants to be this. None of us. Um, Our children can access in our school's libraries. For a parent that works to protect their child from this type of exposure, it's devastating to know that our district allows our children to access this book and cause them harm. According to MISD Social Emotional Learning, it is important to report family violence. Remembering it's necessary to keep yourself safe. MISD Um, SEL and SHAC lessons covers family violence, child abuse, sexual abuse, teen violence, and sexual trafficking. Meanwhile, our children can walk into our library and be exposed to all this behavior um, that they're taught to report. What What message does this send? What confusion does this cause? These books are for educational purposes according to a committee. Please tell me what educational benefit this brings to my child. I can assure you my older children were not exposed to this material when they attended MISD. Why do children of today have to receive this educational value claim that these books have to offer? As a parent and grandparent, I believe we can all agree that this is neither a red or blue issue. This should be a topic we should all be able to agree upon, the topic of protecting our children's and their minds. In the SHAC and SEL, it states that the rational part of teens' brain isn't fully developed until they are until they're at the age of 25. However, we're expect, our children are, are, they think of with their emotional side of their brain. Emotional hurt, psychologists say having sex is one of the most intimate form of bonding. MISD gives a short lesson on how to bond how the bond of sex can be powerful. Sex can make it harder to leave even when a person is in an unhealthy relationship experiencing teen dating violence. MISD 7th through 12th graders currently taught as suggested by the CDC and directed by the Texas Education Code, sex is best shared in a long-term, mutually monogamous relationship or marriage. I guess the committee missed that when they suggested and decided that this book was educationally suited for a student. What you will continue to hear 
is that if, from the few passages that this book has incest, abuse, trauma, non-consensual sex, multiple partners, long-term relationships, and no monogamy. I've addressed this with also with city council. In the packages, y'all, I have some emails that were included. School board, I would like to give you an example of something that I feel that to see if you feel comfortable on how you could be held accountable in this fact. If my daughter shares a pornographic image from her phone with another student, it could be recorded. My child could then be held liable for her actions. If my son checks out a book from my IC library and takes it to the neighbor's house and he's reading it with a neighbor boy next door and the other boy decides he's uncomfortable with the subject matter of the book and reports it to the district website, would the liability then be on my son or the school district? The book was checked out from your district. I had no knowledge of it because I received no notification when, parent, when books are checked out. Thank you, ma'am. Mr. Nathan Castle, please state your name and address, please, sir. Nathan Castles, 8110 Saddle Oak. I appreciate y'all's time tonight. I'm going to start with reading an excerpt. Taste it. At first I laughed and refused, but then you said, come on, Matt, taste it. This is what boys like us do when we like each other. I finally listened to you. The whole time I knew it was wrong, not because I was having sexual intercourse with the guy, but that you were my family. I only did this for about 45 seconds before you had me stop. Then you got down on your knees and you told me to close my eyes. That's when you began oral sex on me as well. The strangest feeling in the world. Unfortunately, I didn't have a handbook to learn sexuality as a queer boy. My crash course was happening right in front of me, and despite the guilt I was feeling, there was also euphoria. Things were happening to me I couldn't explain. Feelings and emotions I had not known existed. That's from Chapter 11 of All Boys Aren't Blue. That book was brought to the attention of the City Council school board and Dr. Cantu in November of 2021, so roughly about 16 months ago. As said, there was a committee formed to look over that book's educational value. No one knows who or even how that committee is formed other than Dr. Cantu. And it essentially just circumvents the decision-making of our school board a school board that we as a community elected to make decisions on things like this. You know, we say it takes a village, and that's a community, a community that we trust are going to help our kids become good adults, and our school district is part of that village. We trust when we send our kids to school that they're going to be protected and their well-being is going to be looked out for. Currently, what we've got is a district that's full of contradictions, a district that speaks to our kids and tells them if somebody does something or says something that makes you uncomfortable, speak up, while at the same time putting books in the library that says that sexual abuse isn't just okay, it can be romantic. This book contains same subject matter as E.L. James books that were turned into movies, and we do not have any Fifty Shades of Grey in our school libraries. We're not asking for books to be banned or even removed that actually have educational and historic value to them. This is about exposing our kids that are still learning and developing their minds to criminal behavior and making them think that it's normal and loving. There's nothing normal and loving about sexual abuse. What we need is transparency and understanding of what guidelines are used in evaluating challenged literature. Why are books that are about underage, incestuous sexual abuse considered educational, while books about consenting adults are considered vulgar? What we need is our superintendent to decide if she's going to let our elected officials make the decisions that we elected them for, and if not, then we need to consider other things with her standing. I challenge Dr. Cantu to answer what is the educational value of this book, and also why is our school board not allowed to make decisions on books like this? Conversely, 
our school board needs to get back to treating Dr. Cantu as the employee that she is. The superintendent position answers to them and not the other way around. Our trustees need to take control back. I thank you for your time. Thank you, sir. All right, that ends our public comments at this time, Madam President. Okay, this on our agenda, I started thinking I was calling out numbers and our agendas are slightly different, but um, our Texas item 7.1, our work session, discussion regarding realtor event and partnerships. Yes, thank you. I think we have a slide that we can move to. Keep going. There we go. Thanks. So in the past, y'all, we have uh, the school district in the city have enjoyed some really wonderful partnerships, Toys for Tots and Hometown Holidays as one example just this past holiday season. And last year as well, we, for the first time, joined together for the joint realtor breakfast and really, really thought that that was a fantastic event. So we wanted to talk to you guys about partnering again coming up this spring for another joint realtor breakfast. Um, see if you guys are uh, interested in doing that and partnering with us again. We have some potential dates that are up here and just kind of wanted to open that up for a conversation. We were thinking again, a breakfast, maybe beginning somewhere around nine, concluding with, you know, um, you guys having an opportunity to present what's going on in the city, us having an opportunity to share some things going on in the school district with our realtors and uh, doing all that over a breakfast or brunch type situation. So I wanted to throw those dates up there and see how you guys are feeling about that and what your thoughts are. All right, council, please share your thoughts. Ms. Bounds. On April the 18th, some of us will be in Norton Commons. So, um, and I'd very much like to attend, but I'm, I, I will be there. So um, I, I would like to see maybe if we're gonna look at an alternate day in May, but I, I would like to attend the Realtor Breakfast. I think we can definitely look at that April 18th day and remove that one because I know there are going to be several several that will be gone. So we'll go ahead and take that one off the table. Thank you. All right. Any other any further comments in that regard? I think we are all uh, amenable to and looking forward to uh, sharing in the uh, realtor breakfast, especially it has Mansfield. Texas uh, underneath, so I think we, we need not uh, be absent from that city. So I, I believe that we'll work on those dates. Can I, can I uh, Ms. Bounds mentioned that you all are going to be gone April 18th. When, do, when, when is the return date? Is tw the 20th going to make it really tight, too? So if you return on the 19th, would the 20th be really tight? I'm, I'm just... I'll say personally that means that's three days that week that I would be dealing with city business and I, I still have a job too. So May so, 2nd would be fantastic. Okay. All right. <coughs> Mr. Bronch, uh, Ms. Short, what's your and thoughts? May okay. 2nd uh, won't work for me. I am blessed with a 14 day cruise. Bad time. Bad time. So I think right. we now know who's retired and who's not on council. <laughs> <laughs> That's been made perfectly clear. All right. I would venture to say May 2nd looks good for more people. For the attendance. We what can do you keep think, it at May 2nd if everybody's good with May Sounds 2nd. Sounds good to me, ma'am. Okay. That's all I had, President Wilson. That's it. Yep, that's okay. it. Thank you. So I believe the next item is all yours. Yes. Uh, our discussion regarding Super Studios. I'll turn it over to Matt Jones. Thank you, Mayor. Yes, Madam President, School Board, and City Council, thank you for giving us an opportunity to talk to you about a project tonight uh, called Mansfield Super Studios. A um, little bit of history on this project. This is um, 
uh, located near our industrial park in, in Mansfield, and there was a, a zoning case that came before the council um, um, this past year, and um, they were looking at that side of town and um, wondered what that could be. And so we, we had some thoughts on that. Um, and, you know, the industrial project um, didn't make, but something like this is certainly possible in this area uh, when others might not think possible. And, you know, this is a consolation of, of our city council being, uh, I would say, dedicated to the mission and the, the goals and the vision uh, for our city uh, and our community and our residents and our, our school our school district and, and those students as well uh, to bring projects to the city that bring good-paying jobs and also opportunities uh, to collaborate and partner with uh, with the ISD. Uh, so I'll just go through a little bit about the project. Uh, this is a master plan. Uh, so this is in our uh, uh, Mansfield Industrial Business Park. This is actually on, on property that we have owned some time. Um, and this is a project. It's uh, Super Studios. So you'll see there uh, to the right of the screen Yes, uh, I think that should be everybody's right. Uh, is in red. That's uh, retail and restaurant and commercial opportunities along Klein Tools Boulevard. Uh, so this is just across the street from the Amazon Fulfillment Center. Um, and then this Klein Tools Boulevard would, you know, empty out onto, um, uh, pardon me, is that me? Oh, okay. Uh, so that's Klein Tools Boulevard. Uh, you'll see a couple of hotels there. Um, and then what we want to focus on tonight is those blue clusters. Uh, and those blue clusters are 50,000 square foot studios, and then they have uh, studio space, uh, maker space, um, mill working shops, uh, finishing studios, uh, digital creation labs, and the such. Uh, also, with each individual cluster, and then as you move north, which, oh, that is not a pointer. Uh, as you move north, uh, away from the red and the blue there, um, which is uh, to the left of the screen, again, you have more finishing space and opportunities uh, to really collaborate. Um, and we'll, I'll talk to this a little bit with the school district um, and other partners here in, here in town, whether that be podcast opportunities or otherwise. Uh, so we're very excited about this project. Um, it'll have housing in it as well uh, to, help serve, um, to help serve this development. Uh, so this will bring about 2,000 jobs. I'll get to the, the paying uh, portion of that here in a little bit and what those opportunities look like. Uh, but each of these studios, uh, well, first of all, let me start with this, is, is why is this important? So this is a $220 billion industry uh, right now uh, globally. Uh, so what that means is every time you turn on the TV now, I think most of it has, uh, have cut the cord with cable and ditched cable, and now we're on Netflix and Hulu and some of those streaming devices. Well, they need studio space to make all that content. And this is the type of um, development that they do one, uh, that they provide that um, uh, type of uh, location to do that. There's one very similar uh, in uh, Georgia, outside of Trillith. Um, and it's been very successful uh, and a really great development. So the opportunities here are great uh, to bring this type of industry into Mansfield. Uh, this is simply to say there's a lot of backing from it. Uh, the capital behind it uh, is really strong as, well as uh, streaming services pick up popularity in the states and globally. Uh, you'll continue to see a rise for the need of this type of studio space and this type of development uh, for collaboration on different types of projects. So this is a little bit about some of the team that will be coming to Mansfield. They have a, a studio in Santa Fe, uh, and this is just a little example of some of the shows that they've worked on. Uh, so again, any type of streaming service or, or short-term uh, filming opportunities, they come in uh, to these spaces um, and provide all kinds of different um, amenities for the studio. So imagine it as a little community within itself. So you'll have uh, restaurant opportunities, you'll have dining opportunities, uh, salons, so personal services. There'll be, of course, uh, uh, transportation uh, opportunities to take people to and from DFW Airport uh, throughout the city and otherwise. So uh, it's, it's kind of like a, a community um, or a campus. So this is kind of a little bit about those uh, studios themselves. So this would be the interior of one of those 25,000. There's actually two of them together, so it would be 50,000 square feet. 
Uh, but this is what they look like. So they're, they're large, expansive, and then people come in and they build studio sets uh, for six to eight months typically uh, to film a, a series or a show or a season. Uh, and then they tear down and take that over and, and bring in another group. So this would be setting up for for that, uh, you can see here they you know build street corners uh, similar to like Friends or Seinfeld. Uh, you know they build those studio spaces within there. Um, I'll show you a little bit about where they do that here in a moment. And again, you could do not just you know um, uh, you know uh, different shows that you would watch, but also different live shows uh, that could also come in and, and film right here in Mansfield. And again, this just kind of gives you the, the feel uh, and the kind of uh, how, how large and extensive these sets can be, uh, which is a really good opportunity for us. And so this is what I, another thing I wanted to talk to, and this is also one of the first opportunities for Mansfield uh, involvement with the students is these mill shops. So they come in and they fabricate all of this on site uh, at the studios. And so there will be opportunities to partner with the MISD to provide certifications uh, for different students, which I, I had the opportunity to listen in on the superintendent's advisory committee and understand that our great legislator is maybe making some uh, changes on how certifications are, are classified and or uh, distributed through the system for school rating. Uh, so we think providing an opportunity to provide you know, uh, additional certifications that students here would have the opportunity uh, to get and those count towards uh, uh, different school credits and also help uh, with school ratings is, is a good thing. So uh, that's one of the things that we would like to discuss tonight. Um, again, just giving you an idea. So you have the stage and then back uh, on each cluster is you have the mill that provides updates and different scene changes to the studios on, the, on a daily basis. Uh, just to give you a little bit about the scale of the buildings. Uh, and this is another opportunity uh, to, to partner with the ISD is the post-production. Post so all the editing, uh, digital creation, uh, anything like that uh, would take place on, on site as well. Um, and again, this would be a great opportunity uh, and a collaboration uh, to work with the school district and to get real-world um, experience uh, in, some of these, in some of these industries around this film and studios. Um, as well as, again, working on those certifications to, to help those students out. Uh, animation um, is another big driver. It's increasing in popularity. Uh, I don't think we have to talk to the success of Disney and Pixar to, to go there. Uh, but an another thing that, you know, we'll have an opportunity here in Mansfield to do that we didn't otherwise have. Uh, so these are some of the technical stills. You see production, cinematography, art, direction, makeup and hair, um, sound studio. So just, just one of these uh, on sound, um, a boom operator, uh, we're, we're told that that can range in the, up to $100,000 a year. Uh, so we can train students here in Mansfield ISD and give them amazing opportunities uh, outside of school or college even to come back and work in Mansfield uh, and make really good money. And that's a, a job that we certainly want to have here in town. And it's also um, we would educate our kids and keep them here in Mansfield instead of sending them off somewhere else to fall in love with. Um, so we think this is an enormous opportunity again. Uh, so with that, um, I'll open it up for discussion and, and possible direction. I know that one thing we've already had, uh, at least a preliminary discussion uh, with, with leadership, uh, is those certifications and, and what can we do uh, from the city, uh, working with uh, our partners on this studio, um, working with your team to help uh, make sure that we set that up for success, uh, have space for you all, and work towards these, some of these certification um, projects and opportunities that would come along with it with this project. Okay, so we'll start um, to my right. Oh, Dr. Cantu, did you want to go first before the trustees? Okay. Yeah. I want to say that, first of all, in that conversation that we've initially had, we're really, really excited about those opportunities for our kids. And I know here in a minute, I think Ms. Young might even have some information that she could just talk through a little bit about the excitement that she has about potential certifications and uh, new experiences for our kids to go even deeper into their field in that media production, video production, um, digital media, all of that. So, okay. All right. Um, since Mr. Tipping's gone, I guess we just have Ms. Anderson. Did you have anything? Oh, I'm sorry, Warren. I'm not used to you being around the corner. <laughs> okay. Nothing on this side. How about this side, trustees? Ms. Farrar? I gotta say, I'm really excited about this too. I mean, aside from it bringing jobs um, 
just the opportunities it's going to have for our kids. I, I think there's nothing else out there, at least in this area, uh, for our students. So super excited about that. I do have a couple questions. Um, when do when will construction start? When are we estimated that it's going to be complete? And then also, um, will this be built in stages? Or are we looking at doing the whole development at one time? Yeah, it's a great question. So um, the the so we own the land. So the land transaction we're still working on uh, with the, with the development team. Um, but after that, it would be probably six months design uh, to be able to start on some of the studios, and then it'd be a twelve to eighteen month build time. Uh, to have one up and operational. Uh, this is a multi-phased um, project, so um, we anticipate it being two or three phases, um, especially on some of the retail, uh, retail opportunities. Of course, when the jobs and the people are there on site, that's kind of when you, you grow the demand for those. So it is a multi-phase site, um, and we believe that to be two or three phases. And is that, did you have a third question? Okay. Ms. Thomas. So, thank you for asking that question because I was wondering when is it start. So <laughs> I, I'm really excited about this. Um, my my daughter's a theater kid and um, she worked two weeks on a, a movie set and uh, made for TV movie um, two weeks and made more than her sister did the whole summer working. Oh. So um, great opportunities for our kids and if we can bring them back to Mansfield, I think that's awesome. Um, so many opportunities on just working on the sets and building <clears throat> and things. So I'm, I'm extremely excited. So it can't get started soon enough for me. <laughs> Ms. Newsom? Again, I, I reiterate all those, those things. We're so excited for what's coming. Um, but it really makes me think about our STEM kids and stuff. And so starting, we're talking about certifications for our older kids. And all I can think about is field trips for these younger kids to sure. really, you know, catch that bug, be inspired, see what it looks like on the other side, and understand that we've got paths for them to be able to do those kind of things. So I really see this as more opportunities for, you know, our kids K through 12 um, and not just certifications for high school kids. So thank you for this. This is amazing. I, agree, yeah. I think that scratches the surface. We have an opportunity for some of our staff to go speak with some students at Martinez uh, tomorrow and Thursday. Um, so again, that working together and that collaboration and making those introductions and making sure we're creating those community connections is certainly going to go a long way on this project. Well, I think you see how the trustees feel. Sure. Least. My girls that always back us up. So, <laughs> but um, and then um, good luck with those kids at Martinez. My niece is one of them. Oh boy! <laughs> I hope you study it up. All right. <laughs> so, I guess from there we will. Thank you. Thank you very Unless much. Unless anybody else, council, did y'all have anything? Oh. Just point out a couple things. So it, it's not just the great media jobs that are there, but it's cosmetologists. It's it's the uh, the driver system. It's the makeup. It's the um, like the actual building of sets, like construction work, trade jobs, electricians. Um, they, these things take these are multi-million-dollar sets that take six months to build out. Um, so it's it's when we say two thousand jobs, it's that's not two thousand actors. It, it's all of the support things that that go into it. Um, but I, I also want to point out because I know there will be community members watching that have been kind of following along in the project. City purchased. The full industrial park 2015 20, sometime around there the the land for it to be developed mr jones what were our primary offers for the land like what, oh. what type of development were we primarily seeing that was coming that wanted to locate yeah here? by far um the people who approached us and, and the brokers were logistic warehouse distribution uh so million square foot uh low, low job levels uh, lower paying jobs um and then not to mention on Klein Boulevard would dump thousands of trucks a day uh, right in front of a future school site in, in M3 Ranch. So we didn't feel like that was appropriate. Uh, we feel like this is a much more appropriate uh, land use and opportunity for the city. I just wanted to take a second to applaud our staff and our economic development team for the, the work they did. I don't think any of us when we were talking about this would have ever thought about a, a studio production center in our industrial section. Um, but what it does for our community, for our future, and the, honestly, the transition coming out of the industrial park, it's a perfect transition back into our great residential neighborhoods, our park system for future schools, um, and gives us all, all a lot of opportunities. So great job to our city staff, because I don't, like I said, I don't think any of us thought movie studios in Mansfield was, was going to be a thing, but it, it, it looks like it's going to be. So thanks. Mm -hmm.
Ms. Anderson. I just have one more thing. Sure. I'm so glad that you brought that up because when we were at Alma Martinez last week, because you and I did a forum there, and we actually spoke on this, and we actually spoke on the kids were asking what, what kind of things that we wanted to come in, and we talked about things of this nature, and then we even brought in uh, giving examples of Barney and Wishbone and all of those people. That, <laughs> and they were so excited because that meant jobs for them, right? right. So, um, but anyways, I want to commend you too because this was one of the things that really got them excited. So I'm, I'm super glad that you're going over there because they're ready for you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, again, it was the vision of city council. We just try to carry that out. So I appreciate the kind words. Okay. I'm going to wait to get halfway back to your seat and then ask you another question. So go. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Mayor Evans, um, 7.3. Yes, ma'am. Discussion regarding 4A, 4B election. And, all right, Ms. Vanessa is up. Ms. Ramirez. Newest member of our staff. Good evening. Good to have Madam you. Madam President, Mayor, Council Board. Uh, we just wanted to provide some information regarding the propositions that you all will see on the May ballot. Um, currently, the city's Economic Development Corporation is a Type A corporation, and what that means is all, the half-cent sales tax that the voters approved um, for the EDC to collect back in 1997 um, is limited by state law to be used in, on um, businesses that target distribution, so industrial warehouses manufacturing. And so that's normally what it's predominantly been used for. Um, what the propositions would do is they would open up and they would allow flexibility for the city's EDC to expand those uses to really target more of quality of life, community enhancement projects. So those projects that are more tourism, entertainment, restaurants. Um, again, this, is, this just expands the uses that the current EDC can um, fund developments and projects on. So not only does it, is it going to be able to still continue funding the projects it currently does, it expands those uses to really enhance quality of life for our citizens. And so we all know that a lot of the metropolitan cities around us are able to use those funds in these um, types of projects, and so we're just hoping that our current EDC will be able to do the same. Now we'll take any questions. Are there any questions for Ms. Ramirez, our, one of our assistant city managers, by the way? <laughs> Let me make sure I get that title in there. I have a, I have a question. Okay, so can you reiterate what is this going to cost our taxpayers? It will cost our taxpayers nothing. It is the current approved um, collection of sales tax that the voters approved back in 1997. So it is not a raise in our sales tax. It is not a new tax at all. Okay. Trustees? Okay. All right. You may. Yes, sir. Mr. Smolenski. Mayor, could I break in for just a moment? Sure. Go ahead, Mr. Brock. Mr. Lewis made a comment a few weeks, maybe a month ago, that uh, is, is so true. When that half-cent sales tax uh, started back in 1997, voters approved for it, we were probably looking at getting, I don't even remember, Fifty to hundred thousand dollars a year. It was a very small amount. Today, that amount, that half cent sales tax, is more like nine million dollars uh, every year. So, we don't really need that for the industrial manufacturing uh, at this point in life. Uh, the city is doing very well in that uh, that regard. What this would allow us to do is expand into the things that that. Uh, Vanessa just mentioned, uh, which would be more lucrative to every one of us here and also bring in more sales tax as we would look at retail. Go ahead, Ms. Molenski. Thank you, Mr. Brock. Yeah, so, you know, one of the things that this city council did in 2020 uh, was the first time in, I want to say it was 30 years that uh, you went out and did a citizen satisfaction survey uh, and asked our residents what it, what it is that it's important to them. What do they want to see? What do they want the city to be focusing on over the next several years? We got those results. Uh, and through our strategic visioning workshop processes, council allocated and made the decision to allocate resources to the things that our residents were most concerned about. 
primarily uh, congestion, traffic, roadway maintenance, stuff like that. Uh, they did a follow-up citizen satisfaction survey in 2022, and we just got the results of that, and they were very similar. Citizens said, hey, we want to make sure you're focusing on roadways. So we're allocating, I think, over a six-year period, something like $125 million uh, to roadway improvements and maintenance. In addition to that, we asked a number of different questions on this survey about what, what are the sort of uh, economic development projects that you want us to go after? What are the sort of things you want to see in your town? Uh, and what sort of jobs do you want created here? And to circle this kind of back around to the super studios, they said they wanted careers in STEM. They wanted life science. They wanted uh, technology. They wanted computers. They, they wanted the career opportunities here that you prepare them for uh, right here in town. Uh, so some of the shift in our economic development philosophy has been centered around what our residents have said that they want. Now to come back to what Vanessa is talking about, the 4A, and 4, the 4A election, type A sales tax. To Mr. Brosh's point, this does not increase sales tax collections. It doesn't impose a new tax. What it does do is it allows us to expand the things that we're allowed to do with that existing tax. Uh, again, to Mr. Brosh's point, uh, you know, you don't want to spend $9 million a year creating industrial jobs that our residents have already told us they're not looking for, right? Uh, and they're also, for anyone that didn't know, the new home and average new home value in Mansfield last year was $795,000. So warehouse and logistics jobs don't provide income that support the ability to buy a house like that. Uh, our residents also said, you know, Vanessa put a picture up here that showed, uh, can you go back to the entertainment venues? We said, what residents, what do you want to see in town? We gave them a list, a long list of things. And dead last on that list was fast food restaurants. <laughs> At the very top of that list was, uh, you know, dining opportunities that were experiential in, in, in nature. Uh, high-end restaurants. They wanted entertainment for adults, teens, and families. Uh, that was the focus. That's what they said we want you to go after the most. So the whole reason that we, the council has uh, put this type A sales tax on the, on the uh, ballot in May is so we can use those existing sales tax dollars to go after things that our residents are saying they want. So we can go out and try to recruit the jobs that our residents are saying that they want. So over the next, we're, we, we as paid staff are not allowed to advocate for the passage of this, this uh, proposition. We're not allowed to do that. So you won't hear us do that. All we're allowed to do is give you the facts. And uh, we're not even supposed to smile, I don't think, when we do it, right? Uh, but all we can tell you is the citizen satisfaction survey results came in this proposition is intended to enable us to deliver on the things our residents are saying they will, that they want. Yes. Thanks. One more question. Uh, one more question. Um, can you tell me, so uh, cities that have like the HD supply, I don't know where, is that South Lake or up north somewhere, do they have the AB? How are they able to attract these businesses? Do they have the one that y'all are currently proposing switching to? Is that how they're able to attract the businesses that we are looking at oh my goodness that is sensitive my apologies uh yes yeah, so um short answer is some of them have the 4a some of them have the 4b uh some of them are only restricted through 380 powers which is even more broad than than what this election would allow for um and they can use all of the dollars coming in to go and, and attract uh, these types of, of uses. So tro Trophy Club, uh, for example, has a 4A, 4B. They have an HG supply. Uh, some of the the um, communities that are looking at the High Five, uh, the Hub just opened its first Texas location uh, in Allen as a part of the farm. Uh, it's a mixed-use development, um, and, and they have all of those tools available to them. So um, I, I, I think some of our council has said before, we're, they, the, the point of the election is to really um, get to the same level playing field 
to help city council um, attract and go after some of these things, as uh, Mr. Smolinski said, that, that our residents are wanting. So right now we can't use those dollars to go out and do that. So this would level the playing field with the rest of the Metroplex with it is an extremely competitive uh, environment in terms of a business attraction and recruitment at the moment. So yes, I, neighboring cities that are attracting businesses like this have tools in their belt that we currently don't have. And just to clarify, this would also, um, it wouldn't convert our current economic development corporation from a type A to a type B. It just expands it to be able to use those, those funds for other additional projects. All right, Mr. Lewis. Yeah, Matt mentioned that it's a competitive environment. And so one of the reasons that this is out right now is um, like, I hear all the time, how does Grand Prairie have chicken and pickle? <laughs> they they have tools available to them. They own the land, and then we're able to use it as incentive plus tools like this to be able to, to recruit all of those things that you see in Grand Prairie off of 161. Um, in Mansfield, we recognize that we have a toll road now, um, and gr we share a border with the city of Grand Prairie in in that same area and so it is a very competitive environment and so if if grand prairie were to go out and be able to get one of these type of things it's unlikely that then mansfield is able to get those things our, our residents will go spend our sales tax dollars there but those sales tax dollars no longer stay in mansfield um, they, they benefit other competing cities with us and so it, it is a, a tool that we can use to bring those things to our community um, in areas that uh, that we can't currently do and, and, you know, we hear often about amenities that younger residents, in particular young adults, that they would be drawn to Mansfield for the amenities. And that's, that's one of the things that we want to deliver. That's what they're asking for. So we're asking our taxpayers to um, grant us the flexibility in order to go out and to attract um, those, those businesses, those venues. You saw an entire list of things that uh, we can actually be able to, uh, to recruit, uh, sports venues and, and otherwise, you know, things of that nature, just as an example. So uh, similar to, to what um, the school district asked for a couple of years ago, you know, the, the flexibility to better utilize those dollars is what we're asking for. And uh, we sure do hope that uh, in regard to that being, uh, that will be the wishes of the, of the residents and the voters of Mansfield to help to make that happen because we definitely want to draw those attractions to town. So that's, that's what we're asking together as, as a council. You know, bless us with the opportunity to go out and get them. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Trustees, did you have anything else on this item in particular since we're to the bottom of our agenda? No? Okay. Well, then with that, I'll call our meeting adjourned at 826. Mayor? All right. I'll call for a motion for adjournment. All right. Mr. Lewis, may I receive a second, please? Second. All right. Mr. Brosh. All right. Hearing no questions, all in favor? On the city side, please use sound vote of aye. All opposed, same sound vote. Ayes have it so ordered. Happy day. We are adjourned at 8.26 p.m. Thank you very much. Thank you all for hosting. Thank you all for allowing us to be a part of this meeting together. Thank you very much.